0: Stephen, end. Is it end or ent? End, E-N-D. It is E-N-D. Where are the ends from? That sounds like a doomsday book name.
1: There used to be a football referee from um, Holland called Van der Endy, so we, we kind of, um, it's been shortened down, so I think there's, going back, there's some sort of Dutch Dutch connection somewhere along the
0: line. That would make perfect sense, being in the east of England. Yeah. Um, closest to Holland. Um, and it's really nice that I get to tick off Ipswich Town. Do you know how difficult it was to find an Ipswich Town fan to help me read the 92 in the football library? I mean, I should have really done some homework because you wrote this book in 1997, which you finally followed up. 24 years between books, what kept you so long?
1: It, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, I didn't didn't really have the time to do it, and then I just you know, a little bit more time through lockdown and bits and pieces like that. So, yeah, I mean, the first one back in 1997 was the, called The Ups and Downs of Ipswich Town. Um, back at, back in the day then, there was probably more ups than there was downs, but mm. since then there's probably been more downs than ups. But
0: And we speak at a very interesting time because I haven't read the piece, but I just saw in The Guardian, I thought I'd ask you about it. Is there a takeover?
1: They have been recently taken over by a company called um, Game Changer 20.
0: Yes, who are they?
1: Um, uh, It's an American company and the um, CEO uh, is a guy called Mark Ashton and he used to be at um, Bristol City.
0: A.D. Boothroyd's best mate, he was, yes, I know the name Mark Ashton very well. There are stories about him. And not brilliantly, I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I don't think he's a great communicator. At least he wasn't with Watford fans. Uh, He's been through other clubs um, in his time. Uh, I think Brighton. Was it Brighton? Very recently. Um, What have the early rumblings been through the Mark Ashton regime? He he seems to
1: be communicating quite a lot to the fans already and... um... He, he, you know, the, the first game of the season against Morgan. I mean, they had they had over 21,000 there, which for League One is pretty good, really, to be fair. So.
0: That's very useful, because at that level, and I'm not telling you anything new, money really does talk. You can't get by selling €180 Euro shirts with Messi on the back. Uh, we're talking on the 11th of August. Lionel Messi has now signed for Qatar, uh, moving across from a club who works significantly in debt, despite being supported by Qatar um so I want to travel back uh from 2021 and of course I'm sure Ipswich will go up next season really good manager are you excited about the playing staff that you've got there's
1: been a lot lot of change there really so uh, there's probably been as many players if not more out than what they've got in I mean the other day it counted up to 14 new players so I think there was um Eight or nine um on Saturday, and a, a totally a different team last night when they when they lost to um, Newport County in the first round of the League Cup. So and having about twenty six or twenty seven shots on goal. So
0: yes, that's right. I've got. I've just pulled the stat up. Twenty five, and you were chasing the game from the fourth minute.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, were you there? No. 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 I, I wasn't. Wasn't there. I. I haven't. To be fair, I haven't been. Um, to Ipswich for quite some time. Um, I, I listen to it more on the radio than I do go to games. Um, I was more involved with non-league local football, to be fair, over the last few years. Right, which so. teams? I was involved with Lowestoft Town. Um, uh, they were in the Ishmian League,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then they got promoted into the uh, Conference North, and they had a couple of seasons in Conference North, and then uh, went back down again, and and then. I was uh, also involved for a little while at a, a club called Kirkley and Patefield, which is uh, sort of just down the road from Lowestoft. But I, at Lowestoft, I used to do the the press work for them for uh, about two and a half seasons.
0: I know one thing about Lowestoft, Justin Hawkins. Was there?
1: Yes. Yes, from The Darkness. Yes.
0: I remember when The Darkness came through. It actually coincided with Ipswich's glorious era under George Burley, kind of 2003-2004. And they were everywhere for about a year. And then the second album tanked and there were drug problems. But they've kept hold of a lot of fans. They are still with us, The Darkness.
1: Yeah, they're very, very popular still. Um, Before lockdown, they were just about to go out on another world tour all over the place. America and sort of... uh... Eastern European countries and, and places like that. I mean, they, they, they used to um, do some of their practices uh, down near the bird's eye uh, factory, which does predominantly peas and makes the bird's eye potato waffles and things like that. So they, you could hear them sometimes when they were practicing, they'd just hire out a, a warehouse um, yeah. and you could hear them practicing.
0: They were due to play the Watford Coliseum, which is just over there, as I am. And unfortunately, the roof fell in, so they had to cancel. They pushed it to 2021, and then we know what happened. But Lowestoft Town, things in non-league in the last two seasons have been all over the place. Uh, I go to Wildstone and St Albans and Boreham Woods. Uh, I'll probably go to Hemel Hempstead Town as well. I'm blessed for non-league clubs. Do you still follow Lowestoft? Are you following them this yeah, season? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm hopefully going to be going on Saturday. They've got Barwell at home on Saturday. Um, I mean, they're, they're uh, probably the most local team... To them would be, uh, in the same league, would be Leyston, which is managed by ex-Norwich and Leicester City player Darren Eady.
0: Yes, whom I must get on this show, Darren Eady, because he does he's a very good ambassador for Nodge. Uh, I've spoken to Andrew Lorne, who's a Norwich City fan, obviously there will be Ipswich Town fans listening, so I won't mention them. But... Are you not envious of what Michael Wynne-Jones and Delia are doing at that club? They've learned from their mistakes, they're doing it properly, they've got an amazing manager, and they're up in the yeah, Premier I mean, League I, now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nor- Norwich are... Well, it's it's getting always getting past that first season hurdle. If you if you can manage that and, you know, the, after the first season, carry on it into the second season, and then, you know, you're getting a little bit more money. Um, the, the last two or three times they've been in the Premier League, they've been a bit sort of yo-yo-ish. Um, I, you know, fair play to them. I mean, I, I wouldn't like to say what the score would be if Ipswich and Norwich played, them. it would be um, probably quite horrendously bad in in, uh, in Ipswich's. Uh, you know, it could be quite a high score line. I mean, they haven't got a very good record against Norwich, and unless you go back and t- you know go back to the Robson days, really, or or when Alex Maffey scored a hat trick when they won five nil, um, going back to the late nineties.
0: Happier times. I'm just looking at the squad up here uh, for Ipswich. We are focusing on Ipswich. you are helping me read the 92. Uh, The big name for me, because I'm writing this book about the FA Youth Cup, and you have an FA Youth Cup winner in your squad this season. You are being entrusted, or Paul Cook is being entrusted, with developing the career of Louis Barry. He's expected to get 20 goals this season. How is he going to do that in this team?
1: He made his debut last night and apparently the um the local Ipswich star and um, the headline was um he could be the new pelé. That that was the headline wow. this this morning. So um I think he's got uh, big boots to fill if he's going to be as good as Pele was, um, or is still.
0: Yeah, Pele had won um, the World Cup by the time he was Louis's age. Louis turned yeah. 18 six weeks ago, and uh, he's wearing 12. You've got two experienced strikers, Joe Pigger and James Norwood, who are guiding him. Macaulay Bon also played last night, and you've got Eni's brother, Sonny Aluko. So that's going on up front. I mean... Are any of them, it is League One, are any of them going to score 20 goals a season? How did they do last year?
1: Mm, well, kind it's, it's a scenario of Ipswich have struggled with keeping players fit. I mean, they played the last 10 minutes last night with 10 players because they'd already made all the substitutes and Norwood, uh, James Norwood, who was a substitute, actually came off with um, some sort of injury with about 10 minutes to go, so it's not looking good and he, he was sort of plagued with injury for the majority of last season as well I mean last year we had we had um, Aaron Drinnen, uh, who's he's gone to Leighton Orient this year and um, Ollie Hawkins a uh, bit sort of like in the, the mould of Peter Crouch he was sort of 6 foot 6 he's gone to Mansfield um, we also had a an, another young lad who was a striker called Jack Lancaster he's moved on to um, Cambridge um, United here also, obviously, in uh, League One this year as well.
0: The first but, few home games of this season, you actually play, uh, you drew 2 2 with Morecambe, uh, and you've yeah. got the franchise, Milton Keynes Dons, uh, who I do class as a football club, uh, and then AFC Wimbledon, back to back, away trips to Burton, Cheltenham, and heavy metal Wickham Wanderers. What will be the big game of the season for Ripswich? What will be the six pointers?
1: Well, I mean, Cambridge is is the, the local the local derby now this season. So later on in the season, when we play Cambridge, there's you know people are going to be looking for that result. Saturday, Burton away. That's that's kind of like a little intimidating ground to go to. You know, even you know the first couple of the games of the season, you know, a draw and a, and a loss. So we're kind of itching to get the first three points of the season on the board and try and get off to a good start because the last couple of seasons Ipswich have gone off like a train and then you know the 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 train's kind of derailed by about November December time and then um we're, we're just sort of scrapping around to try and find a find a goal from here here or everywhere kind of thing so
0: but Paul Cook has already got a team promoted from the third tier so you're in good hands he's been backed with I don't know if he's picked the players or you have a director of football there
1: um, I, would, I would probably say he, he's he's gone to you know the person with the checkbook and and sort of said this is this is what I want you know it, it's always a a difficult case um, to, to you know to say I want X amount of players or I want X amount of money um, I don't I don't think Portsmouth are very happy with what Ipswich have been doing because they've kind of put the spanner in a couple of signings what they were after even spending a couple of million pound in League One that's that's quite a lot of money but I'm um, signed 14 players and and quite a lot of those have been on free transfers or you know like loans that that have come in so being classed as the the Manchester City of League One at the moment which is you know we've got to live up to on the field as well as off
0: yeah I mean you you could well be the Notts County but hopefully it doesn't get that bad it's all about getting a football man in the boardroom and Mark Ashton a lot of Watford fans will not like him but he does know what the game is and he knows how to balance a book. Um, my friend, Chris, a good friend, Chris, uh, used to work at the club shop in Ipswich, has only good things to say about Herman Hridison and the mid 2000s era. I would, I used to see him and I would I'd ask how Ipswich were getting on. He'd say, yeah, we're plug, plugging away. Marcus Evans hasn't got any money that he wants to put into the club. Was it a bit of a Randy Lerner situation? Was it that the owner was just content to bob along and spend within the means?
1: yeah I, I I think he'd put as much money in as what he could um, some say not enough we kind of got a lot of players that were nearing the end of their career maybe a season or two seasons past their best and you know hoping just for that glory spell of a few games where they you know they might push them back into the you know getting back to their top form but um, yeah that, that's that's how it's been um, for the last sort of couple of years really or last sort of 10 years while Marcus Evans was there I mean we've always kind of been a selling club um, they have brought on some of their youth youth team players to you know go go through the first team. yeah I mean yeah. He, he's gone to QPR I mean uh, Flynn Downs just signed for for Swansea yesterday but you know both of those went for around about a million um, but I mean a million in these days this day and age it's it's peanuts really but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it's crazy I mean three or four years down the line if they're playing with better players they could get better moves and they could be in the Premier League I mean that's like Jason Dezelle, Um Andre's dad I mean he was at Ipswich he, he played at Ipswich in three or four hundred games for Ipswich in a couple of spells and went off to Tottenham I mean back in the day I mean you'd, you'd have probably said he was pretty close to an England cap but I mean that was when England had the likes of Paul Gascoigne and, and, you know, all the other midfielders at, at, at that time. I mean, now, I mean, England, I mean, caps are a lot easier to come by, really. So
0: Yeah, there's the Qatar World Cup. And I'm, I'm almost bored now saying how I'm, I disapprove of what's going on in Qatar. I disapprove with Lionel Messi being a plaything of the Qatari sports investment. That's not the football I like. I've almost gone off it completely. I barely watch the Champions League anymore. Um, because I'm more interested in just the survival of clubs. I would rather have an up and down. I'd rather Watford, and I keep saying this, sack their manager, uh, become 18th, take the money, sell on the good players, reinvest. There's a mural that has gone up, uh, not Muren, mural, but we'll get to him, of Graham Taylor. And I remember I went to watch Ipswich Watford or Watford-Ipswich. It was 1-0 to Ipswich in, I think, the Zola season, 2013 it was a terrible game and a terrible wet night but that was football I want to watch Watford ipswich um, did you ever feel that when you went to Ipswich that you you'd prefer championship football than I don't know Man U Arsenal Liverpool Chelsea
1: Yeah I mean my 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 first game what I went to was back in 1986 on just after my um 12th birthday I went with my dad and one of my friends and that, and Ipswich beat Stoke 2-0, and Kevin Wilson scored scored both goals, he went on to play for Chelsea after that, so that, that was my, my first taste of Portman Road, um, standing up back in the day when you could stand up at a football match in the Churchman's End, and gates weren't very very big, you know, probably twelve or 13,000 at, at, at that stage, and I went off and on, I had a season ticket early in the... Um, Premier League days and and sort of more more locally or, or more recently I should say, just sort of picked and choose the games that I wanted to go or uh, you know having an involvement with the local football as well.
0: I'm just looking at the players uh, when when this book came out, ups and downs of Ipswich Town. I should ask what motivated you to write it.
1: Um, well, it was it was kind yeah. of having red fever pitch probably a few years previously to that, and then I thought well. There's definitely a book there, and being an Ipswich supporter, you know, it was, it, it was my experiences of going to games, a bit like Fever Pitch with the Arsenal, in, you know, the involvement of Arsenal in the book mainly. Unfortunately, mine didn't go on to be, you know, made into a movie or anything. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was just like me going to games, different stories, experiences. There's a couple of interviews in there. There was an interview with Terry Butcher that I managed to do when he owned a. Uh, a hotel up in Scotland after when he finished playing for a little while, and j- just bits and pieces in there about my like my favourite managers and and you know I mean that that's 25 years ago so that's obviously a long time ago but yeah I mean I, 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 I unfortunately I was out of work when I when I, when I wrote that book and and I thought well you know I had a little bit of time on my hands so I never really expected to write another one to be fair but I did so
0: and this new one which I've been remiss. Uh, to forget to mention it is called Football for Brains uh, it is for sale for 5 plus two quid postage and you can get it direct from the author Stephen End Stephen van der Ender uh, Stephen End footballforbrains21 at gmail.com footballforbrains21 at gmail.com and I will I'll look forward to paying for one because there is a gamut Of quiz books, Uh, if you are looking for a a Christmas present for your loved one, do go independent. Uh, There's a chap called Steve McGarry who runs Triv Quiz, and Pitch are bringing out not one, not four, but seven quiz books. Unfortunately, Ipswich is not one of those clubs, Um, so I'm hoping to talk to Steve. Uh, But this, of course, is more than a quiz book. Uh, But I do want to quiz you, obviously... Uh, just on a couple of players who helped Ipswich Town finish fourth in what was then League Division One. Uh, Richard Wright was the goalkeeper. Um, would he displace uh, the 1981 UEFA Cup winning goalkeeper Cooper in the best eleven of ever?
1: That's a tough one, Richard Wright. Uh, I think he. Uh, I think he played a couple of games for England. Yeah,
0: one or two. Yeah,
1: one or two. Paul Cooper never played for it uh, for England. I only probably saw him play a couple of times in testimonial games cuz um he, he and actually I think he was playing he played for Birmingham City as well I think um a game that I might might have seen him play when I was young youngish there he he, he had a phenomenal record at saving penalties as well Paul mm-hmm. Cooper. um I mean Richard Wright he was a fantastic shot stopper um I mean after Ipswich he went on to play for Arsenal and then he uh, I mean later years he, he was Third-choice goalkeeper at Manchester City for um, two or three seasons um, as, as well. I mean, his, his, his son Harry, he's uh, um, he was at Ipswich for a while and he, he got released at the end of last season. And he, he's um, at Fleetwood now, so he's just gone Ooh. to Fleetwood.
0: OK, well, i monitored that. And does Harry possess the same cat-like reflexes as Richard Wright?
1: I, I would say um, he's going to be um, a good goalkeeper.
0: Good.
1: um like i say it's, it's always hard to follow in your in your father's footsteps at any any sport that you you try and uh take up but um yeah i mean he, he's he's going to be a good goalkeeper he's still he's still young so he's got a little while to mature yet so a step down the league or a, you know on a par with where where he was you know it's, it's going to do him no harm so. it's
0: it's very interesting uh andy woodman uh, Gareth Southgate's best mate his son Freddie seems to be stuck in permanent limbo uh, because he can't get the Newcastle uh, number one jersey because Dubravka is fantastic um, so we'll see if Harry Wright does well the back line of the 1981 11 admittedly you didn't watch them you may have only seen video Mills, Osman, Butcher, McCall can anyone displace them as a back member of the back four? Bear in mind, two of them played for England. Three of them played for England.
1: Yeah, I mean Mick Mills. Um, he still does radio stuff at commentary at the moment. Um, I mean he he was a fantastic England England captain there at, at the back. George Burley as as well. I mean, you know they they had they had such a a great side. You know, in 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 that era. I mean Kevin Beattie as well. He's he's sadly passed away in the last couple mm. of years. Um, I mean, he, and you know Terry Butcher as well. I mean. Terry still lives around her, um, sort of locally local area I mean he, he was helping uh, Kieran Dyer at, at um, Ipswich last season with the, the like the under 23s and under 18s um, he's he sort of uh, left and I think they're trying to get him some sort of a- ambassadorial role with it within the club um, you know hospitality or something on a, on a match day still so he's he's always um, you know he's, he's, a, he's a really good sort of knowledgeable person to have with the experience there of obviously being one of England's great centre-halves. Um, and, and also he's, he had a, a, a long spell in, in management there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more interested in Russell Osmond, whom I know by name.
1: Yeah, I mean, Rus- Russell Osmond, I mean, he was in uh, Escape to Victory as well. Of so.
0: course, that's why I know the name,
1: Yeah. Yeah, Russell Osmond was in Escape to Victory. John Walk was in Escape to Victory, and his, his lines got supposedly dubbed out of the... The, the film. Um, uh, Laurie Civil played in goal for the Germans. who was Paul Cooper's backup goalkeeper. Um, he he was um, another very very good Ipswich goalkeeper. Um, he, he, I think he was only about five foot seven, five foot eight. He played about one hundred and eighty games. I mean, Paul Cooper played over five hundred games for Ipswich, and um, yeah, Laurie Civil. He, he was a great cricketer as well. He used to play cricket for for Lowestoft locally as well. I played played cricket with him as well, so very good wicketkeeper as well. Yeah, very, Uh, very good.
0: I bet. Um, I would substitute a call for a player I grew up watching. Uh, When I used to go to Spurs, I remember very fondly Mauricio Tarico. What was it like having some of that curly-haired flair at the back? Yeah,
1: he was was, uh, a great crowd favourite. Um, he, he had uh, uh, the Italian temperament let's say to speak he yes. was a bit fiery uh, there were certain teams that he didn't he didn't get on with and uh, you know the tackles were flying in I think Sheffield United a few times he had a few run-ins with a flair player that they, they really sort of uh, that they done well with the, the the scouting network to find that one from uh, out in the in the stick somewhere
0: there's gold in them argentinian hills 1978 is the year that i think modern english football began because of two well two sets of men there were the argentinians who went over to spurs uh but more excitingly the two dutchmen who went over to ipswich who was it that convinced tyson and mirin to come to ipswich was it the manager
1: I think it, I think it was Bobby, really Bobby Robson. Yeah, so Bobby, I should say. They were the standout players. They they kind of made Ipswich tick. I mean, the, the couple of seasons that they had there. I mean, it, it was it was none of you. You know, you can use five subs. They, they used fourteen players the whole the whole season, one year. I mean, if you're a reserve player, you. you you hardly got a look-in in the first team, you know, unless someone went down with the flu. You, you, you know, they, the players would play, you know, they, they'd be on the on the treatment table, they'd be getting injections, and they'd be playing still, you know, and, and unless they were seriously injured, you know, they would still play.
0: And this is probably a good time, before we talk about the front four, this is a good time to bring in scores, because this book, Football for Brains, I don't know how much of every copy has the donation to scores but you've partnered with them and this is a very timely decision because we know that football in the olden days can be classed like coal mining as an industrial disease because of heading the ball and of course those who avoid heading balls um, also suffer from dementia but this is the real illness that which didn't really exist a century ago because people would pass beforehand but dementia and Alzheimer's are Brutal, even Bobby Charlton is afflicted by it now. So can you talk a bit about scores, please?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, one of the main reasons why I, I actually wrote the book was that um, I'd, I'd actually lost my, my nan several years ago to dementia. Um, and also my wife's nan, um, she passed away last year and, and she had dementia. Um, and her, her, her grandfather had sort of two different types of dementia as, as, as well. I mean... It, it, it's just debilitating it, it it's just one of those diseases that you know hopefully something will be will be found I mean I, I did see something on the newspaper today that they, they've managed to find something that may pick up earlier more earlier signs of dementia um, but me me writing the book that was you know I, I wanted to to do something I, I saw that the scores project I didn't really know much about it i had done a little bit of research on it I contacted them, and and what they're what they're doing is they're they're looking into um, links between the head owner of a football and um, the links to, d- to dementia. Um, it's also to do with like um, sport and injuries as well. I mean, rugby is a prime example as well with um, Steve Thompson, the England hooker. Yes. He, he doesn't really remember anything a great a great deal about the um, the World Cup um where Ingon won back in the early two thousands. Um he, he's really sort of struggling with it at the at the, at the moment. I mean, that there's there's been countless people that have that have passed away with, with dementia. I mean uh related illnesses, like Jeff Astor was one of the first where, where it came to yeah, light.
0: Chris Sutton's um, dad.
1: Yeah yeah Mike out. Sutton, yeah. Um passed away just the end of last year. Ernie Moss, who used to play for mainly for Chesterfield, he he passed away two or three weeks ago with with a dementia and Alzheimer's and that. Yeah. um it, It's it's really it's really sad. I mean, and it, and it's a it's a silent illness. It's it's something that 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 doesn't come out and you know for a, a long long time. I mean, the the people that I've I've grown up with watching football in the you know sort of. 80s 90s early 2000s and you know people like Alan Shearer he done that he done a program um, sort of three or four years ago on um, you know relating to that I mean all those players of that era they they, they fear that what could happen in 10 or 15 years time when they're yeah. you know when they're getting to like their, their mid 60s
0: yeah uh, Alan's 50s Steve Thompson is early early 40s mid 40s it is horribly yeah. scary and I think that's a very Perceptive thing for you to do, this book, is Football for Brains, which I've just realised is a tremendous title, because it literally is, it's the correct use of the word literally, Football for Brains. 700-plus questions, 100-page quiz book, 81 Ipswich questions. Here's an easy one. Ipswich won the UEFA Cup in 1981. What was the aggregate score over two legs, and against who did Ipswich play?
1: Five four, I think, um, against Alkmaar in Holland.
0: Yeah, you see, you see? very easy one. Um, the front four: John Walk, who was still playing in the Premier League era; uh, the great Paul Mariner; the mm, the great Alan Brazil. A lot of people do like him. I think he's unlistenable. And uh, is it Eric Gates at the wing?
1: Eric Gates. Yeah, he, he was probably the forgotten one. He was the he was the chap that had, um, set all the other ones up. Really, I mean. Alan Brazil, um, I mean, he, he he's, he's made a living out of talk sport and made a living out of horse racing, so... Yes. Um, and, and, I mean, John Walk, I mean, he had three spells of Ipswich, went away, came back. One of my favourite players, Paul Mariner, um, sadly passed away sort of two or three weeks ago. I mean, it, that that was um, really sad. I mean, he, he had, a, had a brain tumour.
0: Um,
1: and he was only 65, I believe, so... I read the
0: obituary, and he, um... Bobby Robbins said he was one of the best players he'd ever coached.
1: Yeah, I mean, um... Paul Mariner, he, he he came to Ipswich from um, Plymouth Argyle, um, and a, a gentleman called John Pidelity, uh went to uh, to Plymouth, went the other way in the in the transfer. And uh, Mr. Padelity, he he used to be my sports teacher at high school, so yeah, he he, he lives out out near Ipswich still to this really? day. So.
0: That's, well, that's Yeah, good, we we come used to used.
1: talk, we used to talk to him about the Paul Mariner deal, and and said, yeah, he he kind of made Paul Mariner's career. So, I I, I don't know how true that was or not, but um, yeah, Paul Mariner, he he was um one of my favourite players when I was growing up.
0: Did he have any equivalent? Who did he play like?
1: I don't know. He just scored sort of wonderful goals. That was the thing. I mean, he went on, he went on and played for Arsenal and had a, had a career there as well, and he went on to um, manage in, in America and that as well. So. It, it just a, a, a really
0: great guy. A great life, but sixty-five. I mean, yeah. My dad's sixty-two. Sixty-five is no age whatsoever. And right. um, uh, you had the first. It was the first Ipswich home game the other week against Morecambe, so there must have been a big ovation.
1: Yeah, they they had a minute silence or a minute of applause. Um, I mean, I think um, it, it was uh, during the Euros,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, one of the earlier games. They had they had a little tribute on a TV and BBC, and they 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 done something
0: very sad Uh, I'm just having a look at something again I could ask you this but um, the great season when Ipswich finished 5th under the management of Joe Royal Uh, David Sheepshanks was the chairman who played number 9 for Ipswich in that 2003-04 season
1: Uh, it's got to be Marcus Stewart
0: Uh, the card says Pablo Cunhago
1: Oh, Pablo Cunyago. Oh, what a player! <laughs> yes, Marcus wanna... Stewart was
0: probably the year before. Uh, the go yeah, Darren I mean, Bent was yeah,
1: there. Darren, but yeah, Darren Bent and and Pablo Kinyago I mean, Joe Royal. That 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 was an era. That was an era as well. That was one of my favourite eras. Going to um, sort of home games and away games because you know you you kind of knew if you if you'd let in three, you were going to score four. So yeah, Pablo was one of my one of my favourite players. Uh, Had a real soft spot for him, and he he did come back and play again later on in his sort of more twilight years. Um, they they were really really good that season.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to mention the um, Ipswich four Watford one. Uh, Instead, I want to talk about this game. Were you there at the six four? Six four.
1: Ipswich six,
0: Crew four, January 2004.
1: No, but I have watched that game, and if you ever want any inspiration to watch an Ipswich game and go there again, put it on YouTube um, or any other streaming providers and um, watch that game, because it's end-to-end, um, and it is an absolute crazy game to
0: watch. I think I will. I think I've, I've got the season wrong, because the one I was trying to find was the season under George Burley. Uh, I obviously ah, undercooked right. it. Um, okay. So when, the, when
1: they finished in the Premier League, when they when they finished um, fourth in the Premier League
0: or fifth in the Premier uh, League? Yes, which was two thousand two thousand one. Finished fifth. I've got the squad up here now. Uh, Marcus Stewart was up front. Um, Herman Heridason was there. Well, I guess Mariner and Brazil would be an all-star Ipswich Elevens front too. But how close are the likes of Marcus Stewart, Jamie Scowcroft, Darren Bent to them?
1: I'd probably say you, you could put. Marcus Stewart in there because um, he had a good couple of seasons at Ipswich there, and I mean he he was the you know, the important, you know, go to for a goal person. Yeah, I mean Darren Bent scored quite a lot of goals before he, he sort of moved on to to the Premier League. Um, I mean they 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 also had I mean they had Richard Naylor there as well. He was he played centre half for them and 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 also played up front occasionally as well. Um, in need of a goal, and I mean he he scored in the playoff final against Barnsley in two thousand. Um, with um, Martin Reeser as well.
0: Martin Reeser, yes, these are names I remember from Soccer Saturday. Um, but yes, Mariner in Brazil. Have you read any of Alan Brazil's many books?
1: No, I haven't read Alan Brazil. I've re- read um, Bobby Robson, uh, his autobiography. I've been I, the last sport biography I read was um, Jurgen Klopp, um, um, a little while ago. But I've got I've got several on my shelf. Oh, which here. ones? I'm,
0: Maybe I can guide you towards the best one.
1: I've I've got another Ipswich Town one that I've got to read. It, it's Adventures of a, a Tractable, and it's written by Graham Brook, which is it's uh, another another good book as well. So,
0: uh-huh. is that a, a player or a fan?
1: Um, that's a fan.
0: Not a diminished fan literature because, as you said, Fever Pitch is the ultimate in yeah. fan literature, and I there have been books that have come close to it, but. Because of what it was culturally, because the middle-class nature of of following football was helped by Fever Pitch. I am hopeful of getting Nick Hornby in here because it's 30 years since Fever Pitch came out uh, next year and he's already done a lot of press about it. But a famous Cambridge United fan, so I shouldn't really mention him.
1: No, I mean, like I say, I've, I, I think Cambridge have done well. Um, they done well last season to get promoted and then their they're top top uh, goal scorer went to uh, he signed for Wrexham,
0: Wrexham. Paul yeah. Mullin what first attracted you to Ryan Reynolds documentary <laughs> yeah that lend end lend like Adam Rooney at Salford Adam Rooney's goals took Salford up it's exactly the same situation you move down the league and yeah. uh, yes Paul Mullin is going to scare that division
1: I mean or, or he's a housemate of, of uh, James Norwood so until last year, I, I, I'm, I'm not really sure what happened there because I think he could have said, well, you know, come on, you can come to Portman Road and uh, we can uh, play up front together, but it didn't quite work out like that.
0: There, there's time ahead. You could always, yeah. Yeah, when he's bored of Wrexham, where, uh, once yeah. they've built the statue of him. Um, just uh, Is James Norwood a question amongst the um, Ipswich questions in your book, Football for Brains?
1: I think he's in there somewhere. Um, whether he'll be in there if I write another book I wouldn't like to say because I just have my sneaky suspicions that he may be be moving elsewhere soon that's all Uh,
0: and we are talking three weeks before the window closes so anything can happen there are still outgoings and incomings
1: he's got to prove his fitness first I think to to gain an iconic uh, status at Portman Road I think in Ipswich so he's got to Keeping himself injury free. Who
0: who has been Ipswich's player? Who was the player of the Mick McCarthy era? Who was was it? Freddie Sears? Who was the one player who deserves to be talked about as a classic player?
1: Yeah, Freddie Freddie Sears was a was a was a bit. He, he was sort of in and out of the of the team a lot. Um, he he wasn't wasn't really settled really a great deal. That I mean. McCarthy, he, he he was um all the kind of uh, a solid manager. He he was a grinder of results, mm. and um you know like like Cardiff are now. I mean I would have taken him back if he would have said yeah, Ipswich in the championship in and finishing in the top half, and instead of being in League One. But you 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 can't, you can't do it. He he just he fell out out of love with the club really, and but he sold Key for more. And then he's brought him back, and he's mm. playing for Cardiff now, and he's playing for Wales. So yeah, I, I think Cardiff will do quite well this season as well. I mean, he, he he knows what he's doing. He knows how to set up his teams. And the Championship is one of the hardest leagues to get out of, as we all know. But um, League One is pretty difficult as well. So it's just it's hard. It's hard to tell. I mean, the Mick McCarthy era. I'd I'd probably say that the defensive um, maybe Chambers and and Cole in their early days. They, they. I mean, they had good careers before. They've just moved um, with Alan Judge and a couple of other players to Colchester. So, mm. no real kind of standout player of that era, really.
0: But... Yeah, that's why I asked. It's, it's. I think you've, you've given the right answer, uh, which I hope people can do for among seven hundred questions on football for brains. Again, football for brains twenty one at gmail dot com. Six pound plus two quid so that Stephen End can put a stamp on it. It's not just quiz questions. Uh, The guy, do you know the phrase, but wait, there's more? Someone actually invented that, and the guy died. He was an American info salesman, and he died the other week. Um, So, but wait, there's more. You'll also receive essays on collecting, memorabilia, and programme reviews.
1: I've just always been a memorabilia collector myself, going back and sort of first started collecting programmes and, bits and pieces and the actual diary of a memorabilia collector is is actually a diary of myself collecting memorabilia so program reviews i mean there's a there's a couple of local program reviews in there as well and football in lockdown interviewing a a family who went to unfortunately a a norwich game Mm -hmm. during during lockdown one of my one of my friends who who I've known for several years, him and his family went down. I just interviewed them and their experiences and things like that about going to a game. Yeah, promotion winning canaries. Um, a, a guy who had written a book about Norwich as well, who, who I actually worked with when I worked for the NHS just before lockdown. And um, Peter Rogers, he he's a, a, a published and had several books published. He, he used to be the program editor at Norwich for about Ooh. fifteen years as well. So um, he, he's a Really knowledgeable guy on Norwich and um, you know other football. Uh, yeah, I mean the the quiz questions I obviously just sat there making them up and just thinking of different topics and I just write them when I can really. Mm-hmm. Just like like now I'm still I'm writing different quiz questions for different people and programs or even this season. I've um, got a program through the post today from um, a gentleman called Gary Enderby from um, this. Um, he's he's put a. Uh, little advert in the program for me. and I've done him some some quiz questions and met police. I'm doing a series of questions for their program for the season.
0: That's very um, good. What so, what a, what a yeah. that's what a smart thing to do. Um, and hopefully that will drive people towards this book. What's your favourite in the book?
1: Um, it's it's probably the the um, the diary of a memorabilia collector. and um, me going around sort of car boots at uh, obscure times of the day and trying to find bits of memorabilia and and different things like that.
0: And your favourite quiz question? I I apologise for springing that on you. While you think, I will remind people. Football for Brains is the new book by Stephen End. It's got 100 pages, it's got essays, it's got questions. What more do you want? Uh, And if you're an Ipswich fan, you can also buy... Well, indeed, if you're any fan, but Ups and Downs of Ipswich Town. Is that available online, or can we get it through you, or is it out of print?
1: Um, The Ups and Downs is probably out of print. You might might find one... um, on Amazon for an obscure amount of money. but um, it, It's on Amazon, but you may have to pay a fair bit for it. But. All right. On the 4th of April 1992, Ipswich Town played away at South End United. Who scored the goals? There we go. That's my favourite question.
0: Is it John Walk? He
1: missed the penalty, and that is the only penalty I've actually seen him miss. in his
0: 92? I couldn't even tell you who was in the squad for at 92 UK. apart from Walk.
1: One of them was Neil Thompson, who used to be a, a nappy salesman before he became a proper footballer. Wow. And the other one was a gentleman called Phil Whelan. He was a centre-half, and he'd just made his debut fairly recently prior to that game. And you were there? The season when they got promoted. Yeah, I was, I was there.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. So you got promoted. Oh, I love this stat. You got promoted from the second division to the Premier League.
1: Yeah, which was the inaugural season in the Premier League in 92-93.
0: Yeah, I remember watching footage of of that 92-3 season. And now Ipswich are, has it been 20 years now since the top division?
1: Yeah, I mean, too long, too long. But, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. That's the glory of supporting everyone's club and what we do every weekend and, you know, highs and lows, isn't it, really?
0: Watford might finish 18th, 19th. 17th wherever Watford finish um, and Ipswich might finish 1st, 2nd, 5th but with the squad at uh, Paul Cook's disposal and with uh, Mark Ashton and the money from, what is it, 20 holdings?
1: Game changer 20 there. Yes that's right I
0: think
1: if nothing else the, the sales of coffee are going to be going up at Portman Road because Paul seems to be high on coffee all the time so he drinks a lot and a lot of coffee
0: And have you sent him a copy of the book?
1: Not yet, no.
0: And I will just have a look. You said there's a local derby for Lowestoft to Town, uh, but I'm just going to look at some of the fixtures this season that you might be heading towards. Uh, Alvchurch, that's a local derby. Alvchurch, they're local.
1: Yeah, that that's... Um, I can't remember where that is. I think it's London Way somewhere, yeah.
0: yeah I've definitely passed it on the train. Uh, I think the they play
1: to... Rushton and Diamonds, I think.
0: AFC Rushton and Diamonds, the Phoenix that's club. It. Uh, you yeah. go there in November and then Hitchin town are also yeah, that, in, in that, the league. That's, that's Cambridge way. So yeah, yeah they're, they're, the they're, fairly, they're fairly close. And
1: like I say, Leyston with, with Darren Eady is, is the local derby really. So Layston's probably yeah, about 15, 20 miles away to going towards Ipswich. So
0: well, it's amazing for non-league crowds to be back at non-league. I will definitely go down there because the, the money matters at that level. Um, I don't know when this is going out, but I do uh, wish Lowestoft a good start to the season and Ipswich as well, um, because that team of 40 years ago uh, still dominates the history of Ipswich Town Football Club. But if any new era is going to come, it might as well come now when you've got 23,000 people uh, cheering for Louis Barry, quote, the new Pelé. Definitely.
1: Definitely. We'll have. To, it's a, it's a, definitely an exciting watch and see that one. So, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, enjoy that. Well, certainly um, push people to watching Ipswich Town, and you can do that with football for brains in your hand. Price five ninety nine two quid postage. Stephen End, thank you so very much. You better get off to your tractor. <laughs> thank you.